Hey guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. I am your host, Joy. Alongside with me is Wes, as always. How are you doing today, Wes? Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Back Nation. It's good, man. March Madness. Weather's yeah. getting better. Uh, things are picking up a little, and uh, vaccines are somewhat present. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's getting warmer. Uh, it's getting to the spring, uh, spring time, spring season. Uh, and that can only mean one thing, right? Racing is back in full swing. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, we have a short show for you guys today. Uh, we apologize for missing um, Sunday's show. I had a massive migraine and I just could not operate for some reason. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's get into it, Wes. Um, so hot laps for tonight. Uh, one of the biggest news that came out a couple weeks ago, uh, I just didn't want to cover it because um, it, it seemed too good to be true. We've already covered the possibility of Porsche entering Formula One, but VW, just the parent company of Porsche and the parent company of Audi, VW is just considering entering Formula One. Any reactions, Wes? Like, they're actually pretty serious about this, so yeah. I mean, why not? The more the merrier. Right. Um, if we could get more manufacturers to participate, obviously, then it's going to be a more diverse field. And right. I think that's what would make the sport more interesting, right? Um, I'm not a big fan of the three-horse race or three-carriage <laughs> race, really, because one of them is a horse. The other right. two are, you know, piercing arrows and whatever the hell the French brand is. <laughs> but, um, you know, it. I would like to see diversity. Right. Because you look at other sports, right, there's obviously more than three teams. Right. You know, so why can't there be four or five or six? Mm. And I understand the counter argument to that could be like, look, it's too expensive. It's not profitable. Right. You know, you're probably only going to make money in the short term as opposed to the long term. I get that. I get that. But at the end of the day, it's an entertainment factor. Right. Right. And of course, you know, as a consumer of that entertainment factor, you and me both, it doesn't make any sense just seeing the same three brands over and over again. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I love that you pointed that, that that out because I remember at some point in Formula One, we had seven, I think it was seven manufacturers. We had Ferrari, BMW, Mercedes, Renault, Honda, and Toyota in the same constructors, right? So that's six. But um, yeah, like, like I think it, it because VW is also the rated as the biggest car company or biggest manufacturer in the world, like just imagine the audiences that they could reach just by entering Formula One. Um, and pretty much Formula One's popularity is already booming. Imagine if VW joins. And of course, you know, the Volkswagen heads are going to probably enjoy that too. Right, right. right? And Volkswagen is um, one of those companies that's trying to be more responsible in when it comes to environmental sustainability. Right. Right. They're making more electric cars. Right. right. Um, you know, they're diesel primarily. And that generally is a different type of fuel compared to unleaded gasoline. Right, right. Right. So, I mean, we'll see, right? right. I don't know too much about VW's history in motorsport, but, right. you know, and Herbie does not count. So don't, don't try and hit <laughs> me with that. But, um, you know, I really would like to see it if, if they can make it happen. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm sure Stefano uh, Domenicali is going to open the door for other manufacturers with their racing heritage to try and get back in there too. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and yeah, I'm also glad that you pointed that out, Wes, that um, you know, VW was kind of involved in the scandal for um their emissions testing. Pretty much um the car knew when the car was at a emissions testing site and it would produce less emissions and then of course the scandal cost VW billions and billions of dollars. And so now they have this new objective, this new kind of goal, and they promise I will not promise, but they told F1 that they're a lot, they're more willing to join Formula One if Formula One is, uh, will come through on their promise to be carbon neutral by 2030, right? So, I mean, this, I think VW just sees this as an, as an option to kind of gain a new way of sustainability. Sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm, Really excited to see how the landscape of Formula One really shakes out, not just drivers, but also teams, tracks, everything. And having this VW consideration and Porsche consideration on top of that, I think will kind of help drive that to see a more open competition in Formula One. Right, right. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, let me list out the three teams that uh, VW has actually been in contact with. Uh, possibly for, uh, like, of course, uh, for an engine supply. Um, one of those three teams, I think, is going to be more likely than than the other two, uh, and that is Red Bull, right? So Red Bull um, pretty much has all had kind of this pa- partnership, right, with, with VW and their rally cars. Um, and so I think that's quite interesting right i mean also red bull is kind of the the manufacturer that you could say doesn't really have an end an engine supplier so for now um so yeah uh, other than that they were talking to mclaren i think that's a little far-fetched i think mclaren would just like to stay with the mercedes power units and williams uh the new head of the will the new head of williams um he actually used to be a vw executive Um, I think I agree with you, uh, Joy. I, I can't see McLaren doing it. Right. I don't even think it makes any sense. Right. For them to do that. So McLaren I don't VW. Know. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure just out of just out of courtesy, they took that call. And right. By they, I mean McLaren. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But Red Bull, I can see because I don't know how sustainable their independent engine project is going to be. Yeah. Um, granted, I, I understand it's just basically Honda in disguise, but who knows how long that can keep going. All right. And Williams, sure, I can see that happening. Um, of course, since they are looking up, right? What's the what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst gonna? Yeah, absolutely. And you know who knows? Maybe VW or Porsche makes the the next best engines on the grid, and they're the only teams that get them. But uh, yeah, I mean. Red Bull, they're also not far off, right? Honda, they might return to Formula One when the carbon neutrality goal for Formula One is achieved. They, you know, Honda is kind of those manufacturers that come in and out of Formula One, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, um, let's move on to the next big story or the next big thing that's been happening uh, this week and last week was uh, Drive to Survive. Um, And so, Wes, you don't actually have to... um, yeah, chime in on this one but uh, i think uh one of the I, I will just list out some of the events that happened in uh draft to survive which um 
Like I'll list out one thing that I love and one thing that I didn't like. So the number one thing that I loved about uh, Drive to Survive was pretty much the story between Otmar Safnauer, the the head of uh, Racing Point or the Racing Principal, and uh, Surreal Abitable, and pretty much all the principals between McLaren and Claire Williams. They were fighting against Racing Point, right? Because in the beginning of the season, they had this illegal car right they were pretty they pretty much had uh illegal brake ducts um pretty much named the pink mercedes of the field uh but yeah they were pretty much just going after and i, I love seeing this because this is something that we don't get to see uh from a fan's perspective and so that's what i love about drive to survive is that you get to see new perspectives of formula one instead of just the drivers you get the principals reacting to it no, yeah, and I mean, I will chime in a little bit. I mean, right. I can't say too much about this season because I haven't really watched. I right, am, right. I'm not one to be in the streaming service game these days, but <laughs> I have watched seasons one and two, right. and it, it does give a real perspective, right? Like, just right. like you said, um, I think the equivalent here in North America is Hard Knocks. Right, yeah, absolutely. Right? So for those, for those in the uh, across the pond, Hard Knocks is basically like they follow a NFL team and, you know, not only just talk to the players, but also right. the coaches, the GMs, um, whatever staff wants to be talked to that day. Yeah. And yeah, like Drive to Survive is just like that. And it's really interesting, right? Because um, you get to see all the relationships or maybe the hatred of everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's, a, it's like any sport. There's going to be people that you like. There's going to be people that you hate. But at the end of the day, you're still competing with them. And when you brought that up, Joy, it kind of feels like Cyril Abitable finds to be finds himself to be in the middle of everything. Oh, well, for, for yeah. better or for worse. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think he put it. Um, the the episode actually put him quite in a light perspective. Um, he kind of sees it as you know he's protecting Renault, right? Because if if he allowed this to happen, then Renault's, you know, pretty much just a reputation of Formula One, and and Renault's hard work is just gone through, gone to the trash if he lets this happen, right? So for him, he kind of sees it as he's def he's defending his employees uh, and their hard work, um, you know, because he he believes that this racing point just pretty much they just took pictures and literally just copied the entire car. Um, which you know, of course, it's kind of a lot harder when you're, when you're at when you're Renault and then you're you're in the wind tunnel trying to build the best car you can, and then you just have this team that pretty much just copied the championship winning from the previous season. Sure. Um, yeah, that was a really tough part of the season in general, and I'm just speaking from a viewer's perspective of just watching the 2020. Formula One season unfold and what just still kind of what's still kind of hilarious about that is that Racing Point still overcame that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they still beat Renault in the constructors, right? So I wonder. I want to ask you, Joy. Did they ever cover that? It's like they did. Okay, Racing Point technically, or not technically, they actually overcame whatever penalties were given to them. Well, so yeah, they were able. They were able to kind of look back at like Williams, McLaren, right. Renault. Any other team that was willing to like 
you know, start something with them. And like, wait, wait, like, look, guys, F off. You guys tried to bring us down and we still beat you. Right. Well, exactly. So um, when the verdict did come from uh, the FIA and Formula One, um, Renault was kind of disappointed that um, the punishment weren't as harsh. Right. So they were looking for a complete disqualification from the constructors. Right. So they could still race, but the points just wouldn't add up to the constructors. Um, and we've seen this happen with McLaren before uh, when they had the spy gate. But um, yeah, so like uh, when they heard that, you know, 15 points were deducted from each car, or not each car, but like from the entire team, and they were fined $700,000 uh, per car. Uh, Renault took it as a joke because, I mean, literally, you know, they, they were asking for disqualifications. They didn't feel that they were in the spirit of the sport. Uh, but me and Joran were actually, me, Joran is my brother, um, uh, if you guys are listening. Um, but me and Joran were um, discussing that they probably would have let it go. They probably would have let Racing Point off the hook with nothing but a slap in the hand until Ferrari also uh, filed uh, a complaint. Not a complaint, but like... They, they they pretty much was in that that force that was against this racing point, right? And me and Jordan were talking, me and my brother were talking, like, McLaren, when McLaren, Ferrari joined Cyril Abitable, I mean, these are the two of the most powerful teams in Formula One, then the FIA doesn't really have a choice but to kind of punish for a racing point, right? Yeah, no. Um I mean, it's it's just really that that whole situation was really a mess. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um and at the end of the day, it kind of just really didn't do anything because like I said, Racing Point still finished ahead of those teams. <laughs> All right, except for McLaren, but yeah. Uh, except for McLaren, right? But yeah, it was just kind of like, oh man, like you do all of that, you make this huge media stir right and for those that finished behind racing point you still lost to them <laughs> so yeah. it makes me wonder like well i mean granted for one of those teams or both of those teams their team principal gave up the team and the other one just got fired so <laughs> well yeah, I, would yeah, yeah. To, I would have loved to know joy how uh dts um covered that so Ooh. by when by those departures i mean Claire Williams uh, departing and um, Cyril Billable getting pretty much laid off. And, you know, no disrespect. I don't, I don't mean any harm towards those two people. Right. You right. know, they, they are pretty much very capable of doing their jobs. It just so happened that Ooh. results weren't there. Well, here's the thing, Wes, I actually only watched until episode seven. So I don't know if maybe like in the last episode, they just kind of give Cyril Billable his last hurrah. And probably they probably showed the tattoo. I just haven't really seen it. But um Oh, okay. But uh yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely right, right? So like so beatable doesn't have to worry about racing point anymore. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean I haven't even seen if they covered Ricardo's first podium. So I'm on the episode where they actually um portray Norris and signs to hate each other. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. So, unlike Hard Knocks, Wes, they're, they're kind of stretching the truth. 
And, yeah, that uh, doesn't look right. All right, all right. Obviously, in, in the other media out there, Signs and Norris actually love each other. They love each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that I guess, well, there you go. You kind of beat me to it, Wes. But, uh, yeah, that's the number one thing I don't like about Try to Survive is that sometimes they do depict a different story from what we already see from the media. And the, the one that ticked me off the most was kind of... Um, yeah, Norris and Signs just having this massive heated rivalry. Um, there's also a play in radio messages. Um, and yeah, I didn't really like that. So, but yeah, other than that, Wes, uh, I, de I definitely do recommend it. Me and my brother um, think it's the best season of Drive to Survive so far. Uh, and yeah, you get to see one of the drivers bare ass on the show. No spoilers. Oh, oh my. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, That's not a selling point for me, Joy, but <laughs> thanks for letting the listeners know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if that was, if anyone listening, if that's a selling point to you, then yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much all uh, the show that we have for today. Um, but yeah, guys, it's race week. It's race week. So this Friday, Saturday and Sunday is going to be I'm I'm just going to be extremely happy. I can't believe woo woo. Formula 1 is back. It didn't seem that long ago. I mean, we ended the last season in December. So, my goodness. But uh yeah, that's pretty much the show that we have today, guys. Um don't forget to check out the No Decision podcast uh alongside me and Wes. So, yeah, we're going to cover a lot of the recent fights in boxing. The new deal that just came out for AJ and Fury, that's going to be like pretty much the Anthony center point, right? Joshua. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you and good night.